Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you this interview on rider position, symmetry, and straightness. There are a ton of great tips for you to implement and take away. Be sure to comment below and let me know what your biggest takeaway is. Also, in the description, you will see a link to sign up for my free webinar on rider position that is going to be on May 16th. So check out the link. I'm really excited to see you on my free webinar. And rider position is so important. So I hope you get a lot out of this. And also subscribe to my channel, give me a thumbs up. It really helps me out. And I hope you enjoy this interview. So hello everyone. I'm super excited today because we have a very special guest. So we have with us Dr. Russell McKinney-Guire and we are talking about rider symmetry and straightness. So as you all know, as dressage riders, straightness is a huge part of our training and it's impossible for our horses to be straight if we are crooked. And believe it or not, we are all crooked and so are our horses. So it's really important first off to identify your crookedness and asymmetries, understand how they affect your horse and then figure out how to fix it. So I'm gonna have Dr. Russell introduce himself and tell us a little bit about what he does with riders and the awesome shirt that he's designed to help you see your asymmetries. So I'll hand it over to you. Okay, um, hi there, and thank you, Amelia, for that introduction, and thank you for um, asking me to come and just share some information. So I am Dr. Austin McKechnie-Guire, and I'm based in the United Kingdom, um, in the middle of the country, in a place called Warwickshire. Um, we specialise in horse and rider performance analysis, and what that means is we do a lot of research looking at the interaction between the horse, saddle, and rider, and vice versa. And you already mentioned there that horses are crooked, riders are crooked, and the saddle is basically the sandwich in the middle um, that has to manage the asymmetries from the horse and also the rider. So my passion really is trying to understand that scientifically, what effect does the rider have on the horse and equally what effect does the um, horse have on the rider and particularly interested in the saddle. Um, the saddle is, as I say, this platform that the rider is sitting on. If the horse is asymmetric, the saddle then can become asymmetric uh, and the rider then somehow has to manage those two asymmetries. And that's where the work you're doing, Amelia, is, is brilliant in trying to help the rider be aware um, and looking at all the aspects that, that we're looking at. So, so that's myself, I'm a rider as well. I compete in dressage, jumping, um, and um, just very passionate about improving our understanding for the good of the horse so we can improve equine welfare, health and performance across the globe. Hence why we are chatting today because you know the more we can get the message out, the better for the horses. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I think that Russell brings up like an interesting point, which is that there's kind of this thing, this system that happens when your horse is crooked and they make you crooked and then, you know, you get more crooked and the horse gets more crooked. And so it's kind of this downward spiral and it's yeah. really important to break that up. And you as the rider, I think have to be the one that starts with like, okay, I'm going to get straight. And then now I'm going to make my horse straight under me. Yeah. 
100% agree with that, uh, Amelia, because the, the, we as the rider have to make the decisions to try and influence the horse, whether that be training exercises to help the horse. But as you rightly say, you know, let's start with off looking at the rider on and off horse to see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Dr. Russell has created these amazing shirts, which I've seen, I've used them in my videos. I'm sure you've seen them. So they're those black, they're called visualized sportswear, black shirt with a X across the back of them. Um, so can you describe to us, like if you have the shirt or if you don't, the first thing that I look at when I sit on a horse, when I see a rider is I look at that line that goes down your spine. And you want to see that that line is straight up and down and right above the horse's spine. Yeah, so I designed these jackets, uh, training, training shirts and jackets in 2009. And the main reason was is because we generally ride in nice jackets, but they're quite baggy, certainly in the UK, or they're blues-on type jackets. And as a coach, it's really hard to look at riders' position. So I was like, let's try and simplify the image that the coaches or rider is seeing. So we have now a snug jacket. And then I was like, okay, well, let's put some lines on it. And as you rightly said, you know, it's a very simple concept, but hugely effective in the sense that it has vertical and horizontal lines on the back and the front. And it also has lines going down the arm so we can look at the, you know, for example, the elbow, wrist, bit line. Um, but I generally use the lines at the back um, and the front because we're simply, as you rightly said, is once in a static position, getting that central line in line with the horse's midline and then during motion, how does the rider start to deviate? And I'm a big, big fan of video feedback. So riders can video, coaches can video and, and use these jackets to help evaluate just for themselves what, what they're doing. And what we found in a study is it, it, you can look at the same image 10 times and get the same message. If you change the image once, your brain will pick up different things. So you could be crooked and not recognize it. And the minute you see a line going down like crumbs, I'm quite crooked. <laughs> and then you start to change the pathway, the patterning and the messages to then start try and correct your asymmetries. Yeah, and I think that that really brings up a good point, which is this idea of like proprioception, which is we all think we're straight. Like if you close your eyes and you're in front of a mirror and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to be straight. And then you open your eyes and you're not straight. So yeah. it's trying to help us riders see that we're not crooked because as a trainer, sometimes I'll tell my students like over and over again, you're crooked, you're not sitting straight, but until they see it, even if they're a good student, they have a hard time believing me or picturing yeah. that. So that's where this is a super valuable tool. Yeah. And I think it's the same as like when you're helping people ride and they're leaning forwards and you say now bring, you know, sit up and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm leaning backwards. Um, and it's just that, that uh, proprioception, that, that uh, um, feeling that one has, but actually they're sitting straight. So it's just trying to, as you say, change the image, change the message, change that feedback that the rider is experiencing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we've gotten on our horse, we're sitting and always, when I first get on, I tell my students, like, make sure your saddle's straight and then make sure that you are sitting straight in the middle of the saddle. So at least that you start out well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oftentimes, if you get on and your saddle's not tight enough, your saddle goes off to the left. So it's always important to just like get your saddle straight, get your girth tight, get yourself in the middle of the saddle and get that vertical line straight yeah. up and down. Um, and then what about the line for the shoulders? Yeah, so I think if, if generally, if the line is slightly off, then you've got the trunk leaning to one side. But what that usually is combined with is a collapse through that rib cage. So that line across the shoulders will drop down on the side of the collapse. So you end up with a, a rider leaning with their trunk, but also compressing down through their rib cage. Um, and that will also generally, nine times out of 10, end up with the seat being shifted off to one side. And it usually actually starts from the seat and works its way up. Uh, if we think of building blocks, the pelvis is the first building block, and then we've got the rib cage, and then we've got the shoulders and then the head. Well, if the first building block is off to the right, the instinct, our natural response is to find balance. So then we can lean the opposite way. So we would see that with the line, the vertical line on the jacket being kinked, but also the horizontal line on the jacket being down on one side. Um, so we haven't yet developed seat lines, but uh, that would clear, that would definitely show nine times out of 10 that the seat is off to one side, generally the opposite side too. Yeah, awesome. So the goal really is that this X on our back, we want it to stay perfectly straight and level yeah. and there shouldn't be any deviations, no curved lines. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the important thing to note here is riders really want to be looking at themselves on both reins because you could be have this perfectly straight X on the left rein and then change the rein and you could be crooked. And, and this is what we're really looking at now is why are riders crooked on one rein and, and not the other. And generally that's they're weaker on one side or stronger on the other. The horse is pushing differently on one hind limb versus the other. So I think the effect that the direction has on the rider's body is something we really need to, to drill down in. So um, I think, yeah, we want the X to say fairly central, but also looking at both directions, both, uh, we call it here diagonals, uh, rising trot, you call it posting trot, I think, and looking at how you change between the diagonals in the posting trot. Awesome. Yeah, so um, Russell and I were discussing earlier too. The most common thing that I see here in the US is I see riders that tend to collapse the right side. So their left shoulder's higher, their right shoulder's lower, and then they sit a little bit off to the left. And I find that this happens because most horses have a weaker right hind leg. And so they tend to drift into the right. They wanna carry their right hand, right leg to the right. So the rider starts to curl up their right leg because they're trying to push the horse over from their right leg. And they end up like leaning over to the left and collapsing to the right. So I know you said that you find that opposite in the UK. Yeah. So I think I, it really interesting observation. And I think, yeah, just as a generalization, we would generally find a different, an op the same pattern, but reversed huh. with the rider seat going slightly to the, to the right. Um, and then as you rightly described, them shortening through their upper body and the left leg drawing up. Um, now why we, and it's about a 60-40 split. So it's not a huge, you know, we still see a lot of the other movement patterns that you described. 
Um, but I, I really am interested in our lifestyle, what we do, how that influences our position. And like I'm already now thinking, okay, what you do in the state, what the riders do in the States versus in, in the UK, is there a difference? And the one that springs to mind straight away is just driving. Does that have an effect? I don't know the answer, um, but I have uh, my colleagues in Canada, Alison Pazak, and we started to explore this about five, six years ago. Um, and I probably need to do a bit more on it, but I think it is super interesting when we start seeing these glow, these national trends. Are they trends or are they just, is it just that you, you've got that group of observations and I've got this? So we need to do more research on it, but certainly what we, I think we're in agreement is, is that we see a lot of crooked riders, <laughs> either to the left or, or to the right. Yeah, but it's definitely important that if you find some kind of an asymmetry that you need to think about how you're sitting in your car, how you sit at your desk, even how you sleep, because all of that affects your riding. And it's really important that you address your asymmetries when you're not in the saddle. So, you know, just just trying to fix it when you're riding is is not going to work. You need to do exercises. You need to change patterns in your life so that when you get on your horse that you're able to be straighter. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I find is really important and that helps my students is like when you're sitting on your horse and let's say your horse is crooked and your horse is pushing to the right, it's really important to try to like get your horse straight and then mm -hmm. remind yourself to get straight. Because yeah. a lot of times what riders do is they're like, oh, my horse is leaning to the right. And so they're working so hard to get their horse off of their right leg that they end up compensating and getting crooked themselves. So yeah, it's yeah. like affect your horse and then sit straight and then affect your horse and then sit straight. Yeah, I, I really agree. I fully agree. I think I, I call that recalibrate. So correctly have a correction for the horse but then recalibrate yourself and then, and then eventually the two will become married up what i find a lot of riders do in that scenario is actually once the right leg in that case isn't working and they can't get the horse straight is then they sometimes will resort for another strategy which is the left rein um and then that then creates that's like a snowball effect because then the horse's neck bends more to the left shoulders fall more to the right um, and then the rider then gets more crooked so you get this effect so i think you're absolutely right this recalibration effect is is really important i was just going to go add to what you were saying a moment ago about off horse exercise for me is so underrated and we really must and i can't stress this enough look at imp implementing it more in our training uh, and i'm a big fan of pilates yoga physio interventions for all riders of all levels because these animals can feel a fly why can they not feel a rider that's crooked so if we can present the horse with a rider that can absorb the forces stay in balance with the horse and have very good baseline symmetry that will help the horse manage his own inherent asymmetry so i 100 percent echo what you said a moment ago that we really need to look at riders as athletes and like i say working with them off the horse looking at their own asymmetries yeah, for sure. And I, I personally, I work with a physical therapist who comes to the barn. She watches me ride. 
she yeah. sees where I'm crooked and then she, I get off and then she works with me, gives me exercises, kind of, I have a bad left shoulder. So she helps me work through that. And yeah. until I started doing things off of the horse, like instructors would tell me like, oh, your left shoulder, your left shoulder. But I would get frustrated being like, well, I'm trying to ride and I need to focus on my horse. And I have so many other things going on. I can't focus on that. So that's where it's really important that you do exercises and like strengthen those muscles when you're not riding so that when you're on the horse, it's much easier to um, like trigger that and get yourself straight. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about circles and turns, because I think that this is a place where I see a lot of riders lose their straightness and their symmetry. And one of the most common mistakes I see is that when you're turning, right, your shoulders should turn with your horse's shoulders. So if you're turning to the left, your left shoulder should come a little back, your right shoulder should come forward. And this also helps to put a little weight on your inside seat bone, which is helpful to help your horse yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, so can you explain like what happens? A lot of riders can turn their shoulders one way and not the other way. Um, so what happens when you go through a turn and you forget to turn your shoulders and your counter turn? Yeah, and I think I think I again, I see this observation a lot. And I think a lot of it's to do with the forces that are happening on the rider's pelvis. And generally, they're, they're either pulling the pelvis to the outside of the circle, especially at the faster gates and riders either collapse or they try and twist to try and counteract those forces. Um, in, in terms of the horse, you've already mentioned it. If the rider is twisting the wrong way, they are signaling to the horse to go that way. So if we are on a left circle and, and our left shoulder in as an advance and our body is pointing to the right, we are through our mechanics signaling to that horse to go to the right. But of course, you're going to the left. So what we will do, what the rider will do is develop a strategy. And generally that comes with to the hand uh, and they start overusing the inside rein um, and possibly then gripping with that inside leg. So it really is quite important, as you mentioned, about keeping the weight to the inside to signal that's the weight aid that signals to the horse that's the direction of travel and that our body is aligned on top uh, throughout the circle um, so one of the things I'm sure you 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 do it as well but is to imagine you've got like a torch in your belly button or in your sternum and you're just lighting up the way for the horse to travel um, so if we're going to the left it goes slightly to the left or if we're going to the right it goes slightly to the right um, but I, I go back to what I said earlier we've got to get the pelvis in the correct position and then stack everything on top and I think it goes back to what you said a moment ago Amelia if we get the riders dynamically able to move their pelvis then when they're on the horse they should be able to follow the movement of the of the horse and not be pulled to the outside by the forces and therefore twisting um, on top yeah absolutely and that's where i think these jackets are really helpful both for the rider and for the trainer because it like when I've had my students wear the jacket, sometimes suddenly like I can see like, oh my gosh, like their shoulders yeah, are yeah. not turning at all. Mm -hmm. So it's really helpful for this visual aid with the X on the back to yeah. just be able to see that. Yeah. Um, and then, 
And then the other thing that I see that riders do sometimes in turns is they like lean to the side <laughs> to get their horse to turn. Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say with the jackets and the lines, one of the what I use all the time is when I've got a rider, say, on the left circle and they're, they're rotating to the right. I say to them, can you see the line on the back of the jacket from the side? Because they're that twisted. And they're like, oh. yeah, yeah. And I was like, we really shouldn't be able to see the line on the on the back. We want to see the lines on the front. And so I use the jackets in that way as a very simple tool just to say, you know, we really want to see the front of the body on the turn, not the back of the body. So we, we um, that, that's a very useful um, way of doing that. And then to your second point about riders leaning in, um, this is a real concern for us because if you if you were on my shoulders, Amelia, and then you leant to the left, you know, I'm going to be like, whoa, Amelia, step left. <laughs> so to the horse, their weight is then transferred to that inside. Um, and the horse has then got to re-stabilize itself, rebalance itself because the rider has collapsed dramatically to the inside. The reason we're really concerned at this is because what we've shown in a study is that that actually can increase loading on the forelimbs and hind limbs in trot. So by the rider taking their center of mass over, um, causes asymmetries in the horse's movement so especially on the circle we already know that circling has asymmetries for the horse so it's really really important that riders try and stretch up through that inside rib cage especially when as, as you'll know especially when turning yeah awesome and that brings up another huge point which is that working on symmetry and straightness both for the horse and for the rider improves the longevity of your horse's career and of your career. So, you know, if you're out of balance in your turn and your horse is on the forehand and tweaking their legs, they're not going to stay sound. And that's why it's really important that we focus on this symmetry and straightness so that your horse can have a long and injury-free career. I agree with that. You know, our quest is really to try and reduce the risk of injury. Sadly, injuries do happen and not saying that if we get you 100% symmetrical, that's going to stop any, any injury. But what we want to try and do is to reduce the risk factors and being crooked um, and not addressing them is a risk factor. And, and some people, I think we should say some people, some riders are crooked through either injury or inherent asymmetries. And in those cases, that's absolutely fine. But what one must do then is look at strategies to help support the horse. And we mentioned earlier about physical therapists. You know, I'm a big fan to be um, a good rider requires a team around you. So your physio, as you mentioned, your farrier, your veterinarian, the rider physio, etc all trying to help manage these factors and in this case it's rider asymmetry but there's lots of other factors which collectively we can work together on awesome thank you for that um okay so one more place that i see a lot of asymmetries come up is the canter and the canter as we know it's like the one gate where you have a left lead and a right lead so it's kind of an asymmetrical gate and again a lot of times what i see in the canter is that the horse especially like a young horse or a green horse the horse will kind of want to lean a little to the inside and push the rider 
to the outside. So obviously in the canner, you want to be sitting a little more on the inside seat bone. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think, yes, of course. I think you're absolutely right. Cantor obviously is an asymmetrical gate um, and uh, it's a three beat gate and it's a, it's a rocking gate as well. So from back to front. Uh, and so in terms of what you're describing there is there's a lot more force coming up in the canter that the rider's got to manage. So if the horse is naturally crooked for whatever reason, um, then the rider's got to one, manage the horse's crookedness, but also manage the forces that are coming up from the horse's limbs. And so that's why I think they end up, riders end up falling to, to that outside. And it goes back again to what we've already discussed, that if we can present the horse with a rider that can manage those forces and also react to those forces, then they will be able to, inter, uh, to affect the horse positively, i.e. using their outside leg, maybe a little bit of leg yield off the outside if the horse is experienced enough. Um, what we don't want to do is have a rider that's in that situation and they are just trying to balance um, and stay on and, and get, get keep canter because then they're not being effective at trying to improve the horse. Um, so I think canter is one of the easiest gates, but also one of the hardest gates to try and to try and influence the, the try and correct the rider's position because there's so much going on and I really can't emphasize enough let's get off the horse get dynamically stable and then translate that onto the horse um, but one of the things if you if you are really struggling in canter and you're on a on a large circle is one of the things I quite like to do is just get my riders to look over their outside shoulder and that just transfers the weight back to the inside seat bone. But then what we must make sure is that we haven't got a twist. So then the rider needs to then address the rotation in, in the upper body. Oh yeah, that's good. I like that. So like when you're cantering, look a little to the outside and that helps to- It's just for your, one, yeah, just for yeah. one or two strides and then open that. So if we're on a left canter and I'm falling to the right, I'd look over the right shoulder open my left hip knee so my weight can transfer down into the left inside stirrup and then correct my upper body alignment and then try and just get that feedback into the position that we want to stay to the left uh, or to the inside and what a lot of people will end up doing then is to achieve that is they drop the shoulders yeah <laughs> obviously not what we want to do um, but it, it, I can't emphasize enough the forces that are coming up from the horse's limbs are high and the yeah. rider has to manage that or the saddle and the rider has to manage that. In canter the forces coming down on the horse's back is two and a half times the rider's body mass. Um, so if the rider is crooked you can work out that that mass is then loaded crooked. So there's so many things interacting that so if we can just break it down and get the rider in a better position that that would be advantageous. Yeah, awesome. And the other thing that I see happen in the canter, like you're talking about this rocking motion and the forces is that lots of times riders take that into their shoulders. Will they start like doing a shimmy in their shoulder yeah. or you see the like the nice X on the back of the jacket yeah. will start like waving and doing yeah. all these crazy things. So yeah. I always tell my students, like, try to think about keeping your shoulders still and then let your hips kind of swing and absorb yeah, the yeah. motion of the canter. Yeah. 
And I think, I think there's the key word there is, again, going back to the building blocks, we've got the pelvis, the ribs, the shoulders, the head, is the reason we see a lot of this rotation or rocking is because fundamentally the pelvis is not absorbing forces. So the forces have to go somewhere. So if we've got a, a pelvis that is fairly rigid and, and not really able to, to move forwards and backwards and side to side, then the rider will compensate with this, uh, what we call axial rotation. Um, so again, if we can get the pelvis more mobile, off horse and on horse, like I'm a big fan of no stirrups work, um, not necessarily lots of it, but just a couple of minutes just to try and lengthen the leg to get the pelvis to swing a bit more. Um, and that then will over time help the, the canter as well. Awesome, thank you. Um, okay, so I had a question about like saddle fit. So let's say that you have a saddle that's not sitting straight. Obviously, I mean, that's going to have a huge impact on your horse and you need to have a saddle fitter come out. Um, do you recommend that people like asymmetrically flock their saddles to get them straight or kind of how do you approach trying to get the saddle straight? Because once you asymmetrically flock it, then it kind of lends itself to not yeah. getting your horse straight. I think that's a really good question and we could spend a whole day on, on that one topic. Um, and I can only really speak from the UK because obviously that's where I'm based. But in this country, we have qualified saddle fitters, which I and you have in, in the States. Um, so the first thing we've got to do is work with our qualified saddle fitter and have a static and dynamic saddle fit done to assess the fit of the saddle. Now, some saddles do slip to one side. Uh, and in those cases, what we've shown in the research is we've actually used shims, which are five, 10 millimeter thick medical grade closed cell foam, and they're positioned under various parts of the saddle to try and help rebalance the saddle. There's also girthing arrangements. So if the saddle slips to the right, you may use the first and third or fourth strap on the left and the first two on the right. Um, and vice versa, you might do different girthing on the other side. So there's lots of different things you can do. To answer your question about asymmetrically flocking, this would be at the de decision of the sad qualified saddle fitter. Now, I do know some cases where they do do that, and, and that's largely based because the horse has an asymmetry. Um, and that asymmetry is apparent over time. So then they do look at asymmetrically flocking the saddles. But I would say what I from our work here is that if you go down that route it is so well both routes is so important you have that saddle checked regularly by that qualified saddle fitter. Um, the horse's back changes within 30 minutes of exercise. It changes dramatically with the seasons. So going into winter versus summer or fall versus the summer. Um, so it's so, so important if you have a saddle that does roll left and right to have it checked regularly um, to keep it in balance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's like saddle fit and having a good saddle is a huge part about symmetry yeah. and straightness because yeah. when your saddle's crooked and you're always fighting that, it makes yeah. it so hard. Like yeah. I even find sometimes when my saddle's crooked, like I'll be sitting straight above the horse, but the yeah. saddle's crooked. And that is still so bad for the horse because what happens is that the panels of the saddle are then yeah. sitting on your horse's spine. And that's incredibly uncomfortable for them. So it's really important that that saddle sits straight 
and not on the horse's spine. Yeah, absolutely. So if the saddle goes to the right, you'll end up with pressure down the left side of the horse's back up close to the uh, spine, the midline. Yeah. It also affects limb loading of the horse's body um, or limbs. Uh, and then the rider usually will collapse um, or do what you've just described, be sitting in straight, but not in the middle of the saddle, which is yeah. un uncomfortable and ineffective. Um, and saddle slip is really important, it only happens usually, or generally only happens on one rein. So if a saddle goes to the right, it's the left rein that that will be more apparent on. If it goes to the left, it would be the right rein. And at the beginning of this interview, I said it's so important that we look at riders on both the left and right rein. So in that case, the a rider that's got a saddle slip to the right will look quite crooked on the left rein, but on the other rein, they might look straight. So it's really important that we look at these, why is it happening? How can we set, um, how can we help it? And then what should we do thereafter? Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think that gives us like a lot of stuff to think about. And I think the biggest takeaway is just, first of all, identify your crookedness. And then as you go through your ride, check in with it again. You know, when anytime something gets hard or you're trying to fix your horse, you know, fix your horse and then check in with yourself, check in with your saddle fit, um, like have some video taken. That's always super helpful. And yeah, so where can people find out more about you, Russell? So um, follow us on Facebook, Centaur Biomechanics. That's uh, my company. Um, also have a look at our website. Um, and you're also for the jackets, uh, Visualize Canada with Alison Pazak. Um, she ships over in, uh, in Canada and America. Um, so yeah, so have a look on social media and um, for contacts. And um, yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So I will put the links below to where you can find out more about Dr. Russell and then also where you can purchase the shirts. I do have them now on my store. So I will put that link below okay. if you're interested in purchasing a shirt. And we'll also link down there some more videos for you guys to watch if you want to learn more. Um, but I really hope that this has helped you guys come up with some ideas um, to get you and your horse straighter because it's a big part of dressage and it's important that you address it from the rider's perspective and don't blame it all on your horse because, you know, it's our fault too. So we always have to work on our own symmetry and straightness. Yeah, absolutely. 100% echo that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That was super educational and I'm sure everyone is grateful for your time. And yeah, that's it for today. So thank you guys. Thank you, Russell. Thank you. Bye-bye.